Music, courtesy of my friend Johnny Deshay. What's up, Johnny? I said, Johnny, write me a song for my podcast because I think a podcast without music is, um, uh, I don't know, not a, it's a podcast without music. So I said, make it sound something like the Seinfeld theme. So I think he kind of does. I mean, right? Anyway, welcome to the podcast. I think we're on uh, season two, episode 21 or 22. Missed last week in the podcast. Just, you know, things get a little bit crazy. And sometimes I say, God, I could do the podcast or do something else. And sometimes the something else wins out. Um, a lot of the time it's been taking a walk. We've been going for a lot of long walks this week, taking Josie out for a walk. We've been playing some golf. We're going to go play golf later on today. Um, I've been playing. Okay, I know you're going to make fun of me for it. The banjo lately. Let me tell you something. If you want to get into music in a really cheap way, get a ukulele. They're easy to play. They're cheap. They're like a hundred bucks. Even a good one at Schmidt Music is like 130 bucks, and they're fun. And if you do it for a month and you go, eh, I don't like it, then you've invested $130 in a few hours. So anyway, I uh, hope everything is good with you in your world. We're going to start off with a couple of things uh, via email and starting off with, um, we're going to dive, we are diving right in. There is no hesitation. I will say thanks as always for listening to the podcast. I do appreciate it. There'd be no point in me doing the podcast if you didn't download it and listen to it. So thank you first of all. Um, and uh, let me get into some of the emails here. I'm going to go back to one from Nate who listens to the podcast every week. Nate's always, he's got a million stories and this is one of them. Uh, he says, Alyssa and I were driving, that's his wife, uh, to a friend's house in Fargo five or so years ago. And there was some construction on I-94 as we were crossing the border from Minnesota to North Dakota. The traffic was backed up for miles as they were trimming the lanes down from three to two. Having moved back to Minnesota from North Dakota recently and seen the PSAs for, from MnDOT about the zipper merge, I did what they instructed and moved as far up in the lane as possible and merged before the lane ended. That's the zipper merge. You know what that is. Um, there are a lot of people who still don't know what it is. But he says, as I pull into the lane, so he finally makes the merge where the lane ends, I saw a North Dakota State Patrol squad in the median. And there's an officer in the car. He gets out of his car quickly and aggressively gestures for me to pull over. So I do. And he comes up to the driver's side window, which I roll down, and he says, Why do you think you can cut in front of all these people who have been waiting patiently in line? People like you are the reason I'm stationed here. I said, Well, I'm doing the zipper merge. He says, I've never heard of it. At which point, Alyssa, his wife, says, Well, it's an initiative by MnDOT, and it's on TV commercials. He tells us not to cut the line again and to be on our way. Needless to say, I was dumbfounded, and I really wished he had seen the aforementioned commercials. Apparently, the zipper merge hadn't made its way yet to North Dakota. Uh, thanks, Nathan, for writing in, too. Uh, just send any emails to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Um, yeah, it's really frustrating to learn what is the right way to do something and then have people that still don't do it. So, in the whole vein of learning things on the podcast that you and I maybe have learned the hard way. Um, do the zipper merge, but also be prepared for tons of people to not know what the zipper merge is because if you're doing it and there's one person that's like, I'm not going to let people buy, that's understandable because it looks like you're cutting. Well, it's not necessarily their fault that they don't know what the zipper merge is, but it's definitely not your responsibility to teach them either. So it's all kind of frustrating. So keep doing it. Keep pushing it. We know it works. Nate, thanks for the email. 
Another email. Uh, last week, we talked about podcasts that are really good that you should listen to. And one of them was, um, I told you about Fallon's podcast that's called Heartbroken. And it's so good because the the stories that you hear on this podcast are like, wait, wh- what? Um, start with, if you, I think there's a new one out now. But last time I checked, there were three podcasts out. Maybe, no, there were four. There were four. Um, start with, um, I want to say, Alyssa. Or is it Jess? No, it's Jess. Jessica. Start with that one. Because holy shit, it blows your mind. Uh, and then listen to the other ones, too. Uh, there's a new one with a guy. And it sounds like a great guy. And he was heartbroken because his girlfriend dumped him. But I listened to this and I wondered if they ever even kissed. And I don't think they ever even had sex. And if you listen to it, all in hindsight, you go, did he not see that this girl never really liked him? Um, fascinating. And uh, go check it out. It's it's as good as mine. If it's, it's a better podcast than mine. Fallon's podcast, Heartbroken. And she didn't pay me to say that. I swear to God, I just like it. So I said, give me a podcast that you really like. Uh, and I get an email here from Kathleen Ring. And she talked about, um, she says, I was almost co-host a couple of years ago. And uh, I talked about my crazy love and knowledge of Walt Disney World. There is a fantastic podcast called WDW Radio by Lou Mangello, and it's been around 10 years, 500 episodes, amazing guests, answers a lot of planning questions, lots of uh, Walt Disney World history and knowledge, and it does a great job of spreading joy and positivity. So that's a good one. Ask a Manager by uh, Allison Green. Ask a Manager uh, is another podcast, a newer one, but Allison's blog, askamanager.org, has been around for years and covers some crazy work topics and situations, but also things like how to negotiate a raise, how to get better feedback at work. I work in HR, and I found her blog immensely helpful in my own work. Um, so there's another one, Kathy. Uh, thanks for that. Just a couple of more podcast suggestions, and then we'll move on to the meat of this podcast. Let me find it, and it's going to take me a second. I'm going through my email, and I might not be able to find it off the top of my head, and this is embarrassing. Here we go. Just found it. Okay, this is from Alana. Alana says, um, there's some great podcasts uh, that you need to listen to. I've been listening for 37, I'm 37 now, been listening since I was 10. I remember when Pat Eberts was arrested at Niagara Falls for climbing over the rail. I remember when Extreme Jamie took a chainsaw to the PGA Golf uh, uh, event and almost got arrested. Uh, That was a long time ago. Well, two things. It was not Extreme Jamie. It was a guy we called T-Bone. T-Bone was there for a short time, and he did get arrested. Um, He basically, we thought it'd be funny to have T-Bone go to the uh, PGA 10 or 15 years ago, probably closer to 15, down at Hazeltine. And uh, we thought it'd be funny for him to say, yeah, I'm with the grounds crew. I'm here to cut down a tree and walk on with a chainsaw. And he did. And they laughed and the security guards laughed and they said, no, go back to your car. So he goes back to his car in the parking lot, apparently, he decided to, to fire up the chainsaw. We said, fire up the chainsaw, T-Bone. He fired it up, and the FBI and the police were all over him in a heartbeat. He disappeared for about four hours because he was locked up and arrested and had to do 80 hours of community service. I always felt bad that we ever had him do that, um, but we learned, hey, don't try to start a chainsaw at a golf tournament. I'll be honest with you. I mean, really. 
what harm was he going to do? It was a prank about landscaping, not about murdering anybody. So do I think they overreacted? Yeah, I do. But would I ever do it again? No. So uh, she goes on to say, Alana, a couple of podcasts. Um, uh, in the Dark, Season 1, about the Jacob Wetterling case. In the Dark, Season 1. She says, I feel that anyone in Minnesota would find this extremely interesting, and especially since the case was solved while they were recording this season. Um, isn't it interesting about the Jacob Wetterling case, about how when we found out what happened, you know, we wondered for years and years and years and years and years, what happened to him? Is he still alive? Um, is he... Is he around and, you know, did he did he run off with this guy or, you know, was a family member involved? We always wondered. And then isn't it interesting? Think about this, how when you found out what happened to him, and we did find out a year or two ago exactly what happened to him when the killer confessed. We didn't, our reaction wasn't like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I can't believe that. It was more like, oh, how sad is that how sad that, you know, you hear the story about what happened to like little 11-year-old Jacob Wetterling. And instead of going, after the mystery is solved all these years, we didn't react by going, wow, that's fascinating. We instead were just sad. It was like, you know, it was no surprise. And I think a lot of the time, mysteries that are unsolved for so long, once you find out what the answer is, you go, oh, how sad. Kind of like, I'll take it back a long way, Amelia Earhart. She was the navigator, who woman who disappeared in, I think, 1937, and we never knew what happened to her. But if we ever did find out exactly what happened, and there were photographs and some historical, historical proof, I don't think we would go, wow, that's what happened. We'd be like, oh, okay, how sad is that? So interesting little lesson, but... Um, sounds like a very good podcast. And one more, she says, In the Dark Season 2, it is a case of Curtis Flowers, a black man from Georgia, accused of murdering three or four people. He has been tried six times. Yes, six times. You learn how the corrupt the DA is and how evidence doesn't add up. Honestly, it was one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. I'll give you another true crime murdery thing. Murder Monday with Steve-O. Uh, he does a good job most of the time. Uh, with the podcast, we give him a hard time because, you know, sometimes it's hard to get all of that put together in a 10-minute radio segment um, when there is so much to work into it. But most of them are really good. And we do Murder Mondays on the radio, probably, as you know, at 735 on Mondays and 620 on Tuesdays. All right, moving on to our next thought here on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. It's all based on the book, which is called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Um, let's, let's work on show up on time. Show up on time is so important, and we're all guilty of being late once in a while. You know, once in a while, I'll be late, and people will give me shit, and they'll say, hey, didn't you write a book that says show up on time? I'm like, yeah, you got me. Hey, listen, everybody's late once in a while, and I get that. But if you get the reputation of the person who is late, it will hurt you. It will hurt your career. It'll hurt your personal life, your social life. Uh, it'll mention, Did I mention it'll hurt your career? Because if you cannot show up on time, two things are happening. Number one, you can't get started working if you're not there. Number two, a lot of times other people also cannot get started working if you're not there. And if they do get started working, they get pissed at you because they're working and you're not there. 
Okay? So many reasons to have a reputation for showing up on time. And I think just like with some people who are like maybe colorblind, they just can't help it. But then I don't want to give them a pass. I used to work with a guy who could not show up on time. I've told you the story before, so I won't go over that ground again. He was a good person in every other way, nearly every other way, but he could not show up on time. You could not count on him to show up on time. And eventually it cost him his job. And uh, it was interesting because it was one of those things where I didn't want to admit that I was wrong. I didn't want to admit that I was wrong in hiring him. I didn't want to admit that I was wrong in keeping him there for years. So I kept him there, not wanting to admit that I was wrong. And here's a lesson that's perfect for the book and the, for the whole podcast. You know, it's okay to admit that you're wrong sometimes when you realize, oh my God, I hired this person and they're the wrong person, or I've been dating this person, or I've been married to this person for a long time. I don't want to admit that I was wrong. That's really interesting. And I found myself in that same situation. I didn't want to admit that I was wrong. So I kept him there until I just couldn't handle it anymore. You just He, he just wouldn't show up on time. So then he was gone, and I hired somebody who was very prompt. Um, but I'll be honest with you. The person that I hired was prompt. I knew within two weeks they were the wrong person. I knew within two weeks that I'd hired the wrong person. And I'm not going to say why, because I don't want anybody to figure out who I'm talking about, but I should have let that person go two weeks after hiring them. I let them stay four years before I fired them. And uh, once I got rid of them, the, you know you're, you, everything gets better. And you get somebody who is better for the job. So let me just say, throwing this in there with take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Another lesson is admit that you've made a mistake. Admit that you hired the wrong person. Roger, what are you doing in here? I just found that the cat just crawled out from under the bed in the ironing board studios, and he wants out. Let me walk over and open the door up for him. Roger, come here. Go on, Roger. There he goes. Took off like a shot. Hopefully he didn't poop under the bed. Um, ironing board studios. Why? Because I used to do the show on top of an ironing board and the name kind of stuck. All right, let's move on to some other things here that we want to talk about. Um, uh, I think we talked about this last week. Three words that will make you feel better about your situation. I have enough. I think we talked about that, so I don't want to go too much into it, but um, in case you missed it or in case I forgot to talk about it, three words to use when you feel like you don't have enough attention, when you don't have enough time, when you don't have enough money, when you don't have enough energy, when you don't have enough sleep, whatever it is, try instead of bitching about it, try to tell yourself, I have enough, which is a hard thing to remember, so maybe write it down somewhere. Uh, email it to yourself. Maybe make a meme out of it. I have enough. I kind of like that one. Um, there's two things that I wanted to cover before we move on this week. The The Vikings are playing a preseason game starting. It's on right now. It's 12-24 right now on Saturday. The Vikings are playing a preseason game that they started at noon today. And I, I just want to talk about you know the whole bandwagon thing. And we've talked about this before. And uh, people say, yeah, I've been with them. I've been a fan of the Vikings since they, you know, been all through thick and thin and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but why? 
why would you continue to support a crappy team when the Vikings can't seem to get it together? Why do you continue to support them? I'm not going to support them when they're 2-14. and 14. No way. I'm not going to support them when they're 6-8. and eight. No way. However, if they're 10-6, and six, I'm all of a sudden going to support them. And people say, ah, you're a Fairweather fan. Of course I am. There's nothing wrong with being a Fairweather fan. Let's say, for example, you go to a restaurant. Now, the restaurant didn't let you eat for free. They charged you a lot of money, like the Vikings do, for you to get in. Let's say you go in, the food is bad, the, the staff spits in your food, and there's dog shit on the floor. Do you have any obligation to say, you know what, I'm going to stick with this restaurant, I know the food was bad, I know they spit in my food, and I know there's dog shit on the floor, but I'm going to stay loyal to this restaurant. Why? Why would you not walk across the street to a restaurant with good food, nice people, and clean floors? If the original restaurant ever gets their act together, maybe I'll come back, but maybe not. I mean, the dog shit on the floor kind of, you know, that stays with me. But that's the way I see it with pro sports teams. Why would you be loyal to a team that doesn't perform well? As a matter of fact, if you were disloyal to a team that didn't perform well, maybe they'd find a way to spend the money to perform better. And I honestly don't think the owners really care that much whether their team goes to the Super Bowl or goes to the playoffs. I think they make just as much money if they don't. How do you explain the Cleveland Browns? How could they consistently be so bad? They've won one game in two seasons, if I'm not mistaken, but they haven't changed anything. They 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 don't care. I don't think they care whether they win or not. So, And here's one more little just uh, arsenal or weapon in the arsenal that why would I be loyal to a team when the very players themselves are not loyal to a team? If I'm a big fan of the Detroit Lions and I'm saying I'm going to stay with them through thick and thin, whether they're winning or losing, well, the center doesn't do that. The cornerback doesn't do that. He gets a better offer. He's gone. If he's tired of not playing, He's gone. If he wants more money, he's gone. They're not loyal. Why would I be loyal? So when your friend accuses you of being a big bandwagon fan, you stick out your chest and put your chin up and say, you goddamn right. <laughs> and when they get better, I will be a bigger fan. Hey, uh, one more thought kind of along the, along the line of um, uh, big companies and uh, you know how they do little things that, that we really don't quite see. We talked about this on the radio. Um, when, for example, a concert is coming in a year and the tickets go on sale this Friday, and you're like, wait, that concert's not for a year. Why are they selling tickets this Friday? Somebody pointed out to me, and I'd love to know what you think. Is it because if they get your money now, they make interest on that money for a year? Let's say you want to go see Taylor Swift, and she's not going to be at U.S. Bank Stadium, let's say, until next July 5th. Now, this is not happening. Don't, don't go try to buy tickets. I'm making this up as I go. But let's say she's going to be here next July 5th. Tickets go on sale this Friday, for example. Why would Ticketmaster do that? Well, because now... If they can sell $2 million worth of tickets, guess what they get to put do with that money? They get to put it in a bank 
and draw interest on that $2 million for a year rather than having tickets go on sale two months in advance. This is a new thing that they've discovered. And uh, I don't like it because you got to either play the game or get stuck with shitty tickets. So if I want good Taylor Swift tickets or good Paul McCartney tickets or good Zach Brown band tickets, I've got to get them a year in advance or get stuck buying them from a scalper for four times the price or sitting in the worst seats imaginable where you have to take their word for it that the band is actually there in the stadium. Isn't that shifty? Isn't that shady? that these companies do that. They figured out another way to take our money and to make more money. If you kept your $400 for your Taylor Swift tickets for a year, you would earn the interest on that money. And finally, um, uh, you know what? I think I'm going to save this story for next week because it's kind of sad and it doesn't really seem to fit in with the rest of what we've been talking about on the podcast this week. But I have a story about a woman who almost accepted a job at KDWB. And we wanted her to work at KWB, and she didn't accept it. And it cost her her life. Now, that's a pretty powerful statement, and it's kind of an indirect statement, because, but it did. If she would have taken this job at KWB, she'd still be alive today. There's no way anybody could have known that, but I'll tell you all about it next week on the podcast on Take a Shower show up on time and don't steal anything. Hey, thank you for listening. I definitely appreciate it. I always do. Love you. Love that you listen. Check out our Facebook page. Um, take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything. Comment. I'm not as active on there as I should be because this is all kind of a one person operation and I don't have anybody else to help me with the podcast. So I try to post when I can, um, but I definitely check emails obsessively. Send your thoughts to um, Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. I sometimes mistakenly give out another address, the morning show's big address, but just send your emails to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Have a great week, and don't forget the book is available on Amazon, your local bookstore, itaskabooks.com, Kindle. It's a download on Kindle for like seven or eight bucks. And remember, tell your friends about it, and tell your friends about the podcast. Um, because, you know, if it's just me doing the podcast, it's not worth it. That's why I appreciate you listening so much. Uh, and remember, until next week, take a shower. I know you will. Show up on time. I know you will, right? And don't steal anything. You're awfully fishy. I'm not sure about you. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.